Most people recognize that execution is a critical skill and strive to perform it well, but they may not understand how important it is to their career advancement, or they may not realize that you can improve on execution without working longer hours. In this episode, we're sharing four ways to be more effective at execution. Welcome to the 90th Percentile, an unconventional leadership podcast by Zanger Folkman. Each week, using research from over 1.5 million global assessments of leaders, we analyze different leadership traits, trends, and what it really takes for leaders to get to the 90th percentile. I'm Brianna O'Corin, and joining me today is renowned psychometrician and my father, Joe Folkman. Hello, Bri. Uh, by the way, execution is one of my most favorite topics, <laughs> isn't it? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> It's one of mine too, because I have so many things I want to do and I need to do, and I'm just mad that I have to sleep at night. Uh, I remember one time having a conversation with your wife and my dear mother, and she mentioned, we were talking about if we could have one superpower, and her superpower was that she would not have to go to sleep and <laughs> she could just stay up all night doing all this stuff she wanted and needed to do. Yeah. That's right. She doesn't really sleep that much anyway, but it would be a handy superpower. That's <laughs> true. But since we all need to sleep at night, we do need to find uh, some better ways to be better at ex execution without working longer hours. Is this even possible? Well, let's dive into this, Bree. On the first point that you made, many underestimate the importance of execution in their careers. It's true that bosses place a premium on execution, which is defined as the ability to achieve individual goals and objectives. In fact, when we asked senior managers to indicate the importance of this ability, they ranked it first on a list of 19 skills. Yeah, I can see that. I probably rank it first as well. But, you know, that's what the bosses want. But what did other raiders rank this as? Just curious. Well, yeah, that's a good question because other raiders rated it fourth, just behind inspiring and motivating, and integrity and honesty and problem solving. Uh, there are many parts of a job that are important, but if you want to move ahead in your career, it might be time to double down on simply getting stuff done. <laughs> that's what your boss and others want to see. Which brings us to the second point of does executing more mean working longer hours? If this is really what your boss is ranking as the most important skill, then obviously you've got to do it. And I can imagine that many managers may react with defensiveness or despair to this news. After all, most people we know already feel like they have too much to do, that a lot is being asked of them. So let's be realistic. You know, people who are you know, slower or lethargic or unfocused are rarely, at least in our experience, promoted to upper management positions. There are tortoises and there are hares in every organization, <laughs> right? <laughs> now, um, if you have seen some of those Twitter jokes floating around there about the out-of-office messages of a European versus an American, the European says, uh, I'm away camping for the summer. Email me again in September. And an American out of office says, I have left the office for two hours to undergo kidney surgery, but you can reach me on my cell anytime. 
it's funny, but it's terribly sad because, oh, it's it's kind of a little true. So working harder and longer is not a viable option. We'll just put that out there. In the short term, this typically yields maybe some improved results, but in the long term, people do burn out. And if they push their teams to do the same, team members might just want to quit. They might be looking for another job. Uh, luckily, we have some great research that we've gathered from 360-degree assessments that showed four behaviors which stood out in improving execution that didn't mean working longer hours. So let's let's talk about those. Well, the first is to be clear and methodical. Many people are energetic about execution, and they tend to jump into activities and take action before they get organized, create a plan, or connect what they're doing to the strategy of the organization. Having the discipline to organize people, assemble resources, and then generate a plan that others can commit to collectively will improve execution. So will making clear who is doing what. We have learned that when everyone is collectively responsible, that no one is responsible. Providing others with clear direction, and that means a sense of connection to the strategy of the organization, helps people understand how the work they are doing dovetails with the organization's mission. If you are quick to jump to action and tend to start projects without a well-organized plan of attack, or if you get feedback on your lack of planning and organization, this suggestion might be one to focus on. An individual contributor might be able to get away with being disorganized, but it rarely works out well for senior level management. Well, the next thing that you can do to improve your execution is to set those stretch goals and deadlines. Setting stretch goals helps the group achieve their objectives and it generates greater engagement and satisfaction in team members. Now, you've talked about that to push a group to achieve those goals, you pair them with deadlines. Deadlines are motivating to people. And while we may not like it, uh, when someone gives us a deadline, it does change our behavior. Let's say that your team may be a little resistant to setting these stretch goals. You know, you could approach them with a question like, what would it take to accomplish this goal two weeks earlier? And have that discussion with them. You found that by challenging your team and supporting them and accomplishing these difficult goals, the team members actually feel more engaged and energized and satisfied with their jobs. But don't go overboard with this, of course. You've also found that pushing too much can erode trust, which will hurt execution, obviously, in the long run. And when an untrusted leader asks for additional effort, People question their motives. They resist their requests. Moreover, if you involve your team in the process of setting goals and you're getting their input, you're getting their buy-in, they're not going to be as resistant to those deadlines. You know, they'll honor them. They'll feel a sense of responsibility and autonomy with it because they were part of the process. The next insight was to give more feedback, especially positive feedback. This is all about improving execution through intrinsic motivation rather than goals and deadlines. (laughs) Unfortunately, deadlines work. They work for me. Leaders who are great at execution are skilled at giving feedback. Specifically, the leaders who rate most highly 
are those who delivered critical feedback by taking time to listen and understand their employees' perspectives rather than simply dropping a difficult message on somebody and then ending the conversation as quick as possible. But when we really saw a major difference was with positive feedback. Specifically, we found that leaders who were great at execution gave a lot more positive recognition. Our research indicated that giving a little more recognition did not affect execution. Being above the 65th percentile on this skill had major significant positive impact. That's really interesting to me because it's like it really shifts your mindset at work, you know, with with what you're doing and how you're executing. When you when you feel good about what you're doing and getting such great feedback from your manager, it does energize you and kind of, you know, I can see it can help with burnout and help with continuing on. Absolutely. When I suggest it to managers, some of them say, yeah, but you can give too much positive feedback, too much recognition. And I always say, do you know anybody that does that? Because <laughs> I know it's possible, but uh, even the people that, that do it obsessively, I, I don't think we mind it. Well, the last skill for helping with execution on your team is by resolving conflict and building team unity. Teams are very different now. They function quite differently now than in the past. Uh, Hopefully, there is a little bit more diversity, um, even though, you know, now teams are a lot more dispersed and digital. Uh, J. Richard Hacken, a pioneer in the field of organizational behavior, began studying teams in the 1970s. And in more than 40 years of research, he uncovered a groundbreaking insight that what matters most to collaboration is not the personalities, the attitudes, or the behavioral styles of team members. Instead, what teams need to thrive are certain enabling conditions, is what he called them, such as a compelling direction, a strong structure, and a supportive context. So your ability to efficiently execute on projects will depend largely on how your team functions together. Uh, You know, you've talked a lot about in a high-functioning team, work assignments are clear. The processes make sense. Um, Deadlines, they're ambitious, but they're fair. And the feedback is plentiful. And there's plenty of positive feedback out there. But they also do something more. On these teams, it's not just the boss motivating team members. The expectations of peer team members are powerful motivators too. In an article you wrote about this, you said, while there's a lot that goes into building high-performance teams, in our experience, perhaps the biggest single thing for leaders to focus on is resolving conflict. That's because many of the problems within a team come from differences and the conflict between team members. And on high-performing teams, team members trust each other. And the conflict is constructive, not destructive or personal. Right. It's interesting, Bree, when I I mentioned this and the fact that leaders need to be involved in resolving conflict, 
most leaders say, well, I, I just mentioned the conflict and I think people need to work it out themselves. And guess what? They never do that. <laughs> they wish. <laughs> yeah. In your dreams, they do that, right? So you need to get in there and you need to, you need to get rid of the conflict because until that conflict's gone, it's it's not functional and people hate conflict. Yeah. Now, if you've gone this far and you really feel like you've done all these things and yet somehow you're still perceived as having an execution problem, consider this. In our research, we found there's one almost one-to-one relationship between leaders who are seen as fast and those who are great executors. Speed makes an incredible difference. Previous work we've done has shown that some of the above things, setting stretch goals, having clear processes in place, building trust, for example, will help you move faster. But you may need to give your peers and boss more evidence of your speed by, for example, being more transparent about how many projects you're working on and where they are in your pipeline. Being fast will make a big difference. So we hope that you will utilize these suggestions on execution and that hopefully they may save you some time at the office. The 90th Percentile and Unconventional Leadership Podcast was written and recorded by Brianna Corin, Jack Zanger, and Joe Folkman and produced by Zanger Folkman. If you're interested in learning more about Zanger Folkman's award-winning 360-degree assessments, leadership, and coaching offerings, or would like to attend our monthly leadership webinar series hosted by Jack and Joe, visit our website at zangerfolkman.com. If you like our podcast, tell your friends and coworkers about it, and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, and leave us a great review. We really like to read them. All resources and links to the research referenced in this episode can be found in our episode details or on our podcast page on zangerfolkman.com.